G'day listeners and welcome to another episode of the Keeper League. Uh, this week we'll be cap- recapping round nine of the AFL season and more importantly the AFL fantasy season. So uh, yeah, I guess we'll get stuck in but not without mentioning uh, what the podcast is about. So we are the Keeper League and we try to focus on the non, uh, I guess... The non-superstars, the diamonds in the rough, so to speak, uh, some of the guys that are more likely to be available in your keeper league. But as per usual, each week I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you, mate? I'm back. Yeah. I'm back after witnessing more drive-wise than you know someone walking in the Bronx last week. Oh, I copped it left, right, and centre from the panel, and you know, but like I'm big enough and strong enough to to cop that and move on. For those who didn't notice that uh, listening at home, uh, Trouty seemed to just berate every one of Ireland's players. Every the single one. So I'm not sure if that was obvious, but uh, yeah, pretty much everyone that Tom, uh, sorry, Trouty said was trash, uh, basically belonged to Ireland's side. So uh, some good little pot shots in there, but he made it sound like uh, he was really knew what he was talking about in terms of the uh, fantasy analysis. Well, as if well. we actually understood what any of the players in the AFL looked like, it would help his analysis. <laughs> but um, look, at least he said that um, Jack Bowes is a quality player, and uh, I was licking my lips at about quarter time of the the Gold Coast game. I think he was leading the touches in that game, and then he just you know dropped off for a nice eighty as he does. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about Jack a bit later because, you know, that's what I do. All right. We better get stuck into the uh, the injury news. So what's been happening, Kays? Who's, uh, who's in the uh, firing line this week? Yeah, well, it's been a pretty big week in terms of injuries. Um, the big one probably off the cuff for most keeper leagues, which is uh, very relevant, is our man Fritz Smith. Devin Smith is gone for the year. So uh, last year's high scoring forward is gone. Uh, didn't hit the heights this year, but if anyone was watching him closely, you could just tell he was never actually right this year. He, he looked hampered by that knee for, for most of the season. So as a Bombers fan, I'm happy he's gone off for a rest for the year. As an owner, I'm not too happy he's not on my team, but uh, we'll deal with that. But I suppose the big question is uh, for those with um, holding him in a keeper leg, what are your what are your options? I suppose it really comes down to are you uh, contending this year or not? If you are contending, you might uh, be able to get something for him for a for a bottom feeder club like yours have um, <laughs> as you just threw a trade proposal to me earlier um, but if you aren't contending hold on to him because I think he's one that's just going to uh, come back stronger next year without that injury knees can be a real pain in the bum so hopefully he gets that right and back to his big scoring ways but in terms of who it means uh, good things this year for I think Kyle Langford now has to hold his spot in the Don side he's too good yep. not to be in that team and um, he came in last week when Smith went out so I think he just holds for the rest of the year and potentially the other one who might bob up is Jaden Laverde. He's been a bit injured this year for the Dons, but uh, I'm not quite sure of his fantasy potential just yet. He can uh, change a game in terms of his footy ability, but um, he might be one who gets a bit more of a run because of uh, Smith's absence. Always been a big fan of uh, Laverde and hoping he can make an impact from a fantasy perspective. All right, Kays, Mark Murphy's out for a month. Who comes in to replace him? Well, if Cade Simpson's right, you'd think he might be a kind of like-for-like swap, like not in terms of uh, in terms of quality, like there's not a whole lot of quality left it uh, on the yeah. Carlton uh, bench. Uh, Matty Kennedy surely must be close to a, a game, you'd think. Well, he was tearing up the VFL and he's been a bit quiet the last few weeks, so I'm not sure if that helps his uh, prospects, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I did see that Darcy Lang, who crossed over from Geelong, was best on ground for Carlton's VFL side last week. So if they want a bit of pace uh, and Lang possesses a lot of that, he might be a sneaky chance to play. Yeah, they might reward some form there. Uh, my man, Beast Mode, was just too tough last week, sniping blokes uh, with an elbow <laughs> to the unsuspecting Jordan Gallucci. So he is having a week off. Uh, dear um, 
Chris Fagan, please put Tom Cutler back in. Don't <laughs> don't treat me like this. He's got to come back in, doesn't he? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, well, he probably is the next uh, best thing to come in. But uh, if they want to go with uh, some untried players, uh, Corey Lyons and uh, Toby Wooler have been tearing up the NEFL. Not hard to do. But, uh, mm. yeah, they might want to uh, try blooding some new players. Oh, yeah. Everyone that they've blooded the last couple of years has kind of worked out well. So it's in there. Scope. Um, the big one is that Ivan Soldo did not get off his one-week charge uh, tonight, which is an absolute disgrace. Now, do Obviously, Richmond have another ruck on their list? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to search through who might be playing, and Callum Coleman-Jones, okay. uh, he might be the one. Uh, the other one is Mabar Choi, who might have to come in. But, Hef, we did a little research on these two boys' stats in the VFL. How are they tracking? Yeah, I think Callum Coleman-Jones is averaging seven hitouts in the VFL. And Mabar Choi is uh, averaging about three, so yes. and all averaging about sixty in the dream team. So my thinking is perhaps they just ruck Bolter one out and uh, maybe bring in someone that did uh, the grig role last year or the last two seasons to just kind of pinch hit and uh, just someone to stand in the way. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Richmond rucks there. Hopefully, you're not just holding Nankin. Um, Soldo, otherwise you're in big trouble. Yeah, I there's think, definitely no one in our uh, league that has Nank and Big Boy too. Yeah. So there's Ooh. another one we'll talk about. So. Hang on. <laughs> nice. Uh, Zach Jones, he's gone for about a month. Uh, you think Josh Kennedy probably steps back into that side. Uh, Josh Kennedy was out last week. Ryan Clark, my boy, came in. Is there a bump? there for him? Um, I'm hoping so. We saw on the weekend he actually played all right from a fantasy perspective. He mm. got 100 points less than he did in the VFL the previous <laughs> two weeks. But, Just uh, shows the difference between the two competitions. Well, the thing is, it's still a half-decent fantasy score yeah, if he's uh, getting 100 points less. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, I'm hoping so. I just You think about it as well with, um, I guess, McVeigh out, um, Cunningham out, Jones out. Uh, mm. There's got there's got to be some points there for him to rack up. So hopefully he gets that uh, chance and he puts, it a, uh, puts a few together. Fingers crossed. And as you touched on earlier, big boy McAvoy gone yeah. for six weeks it's yes. a big blow to owners yeah it is uh so yeah he's been in some really good form too and like we just mentioned before there's a guy in our league that has big boy and nankervis and, <laughs> and he I would think, have thought he'd be cruising all I this think year he's probably got sold out as well but knowing him but uh that doesn't really help him this week so no, might in. be uh five bucks to the kitty for a donut there but sucked anyway in. who do we think's uh gonna be uh coming in for uh big boy well obviously uh johnny segler played Pretty good um, the last week as a as a backup with uh, Big Boy in there, but it's going to be a question of what Hawthorne want to do with their side. Do they bring Mark Pitney back in? I see he had forty three hitouts on the weekend in the VFL, and he's averaging ninety four there too. So if they do want to play that two ruck setup, he makes sense. Um, I watched a bit of that game last week, and Tim O'Brien is not a ruckman's bootlace, yeah. um, so they probably need to bring someone else in to, to back up Segler. Yeah, each week, uh, Pitney, when I'm pulling the VFL stats, Pitney's always popping up with decent scores. So, yeah, we might see a bit of form rewarded there. Mm. And lastly, the one of the inform forwards of the first half of this oh. year was Matty Tabernard. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's gone for six weeks with a stress fracture in his foot. Uh, Cam McCarthy, I uh, don't know exactly what his waffle stats have been like, but he'd surely come back into that lineup. Yeah, big Darty McCarthy, I reckon, is going to come back in for him. Uh, could we see a bump for Jesse Hogan, though? You'd have to think so. He's He's been... Obviously not setting the world on fire, but you know potentially has to step up and actually take two people's roles while McCarthy plays a bit of a, yeah. a floater role. So um, potentially there's a bit of room for growth there for Jesse Hogan. All right, that wraps up the uh, injury news and we'll move on to the round rewind.
Okay, on to the round rewind. So this is the segment where we recap all the weekend's matches and see if we can pick out any uh, Keeper League relevant players to uh, come out of it. So first up, we saw the West Coast Eagles versus uh, Melbourne on Friday night. Uh, pretty tight game up until the last quarter, but mm. there uh, were a few players who took my eye. Now, James Harms. Almost, Too good for the pod. Yeah, not even worth mentioning anymore, I don't reckon. But, uh, yeah, continues that rise. He's averaging 95 this season. His good year stuff. this year has been phenomenal. Yeah, good stuff to those people who picked him up because I reckon he would have been available in a few few drafts here and there. So, uh, well done to those uh, Keeper League coaches out there. Uh, Jaden Hunt, so he had 83 this week, uh, not in disposing two goals, but he's named as a defender. Um, and initially I thought this could have been due to Hibbard's absence, but he's been playing more forward this season. So, I don't know, looking at his scores, I'm not sure if this is just one out of the blue uh, this season, but uh, keep an eye on him because uh, he could see a bit uh, a few benefits from those players that are out at the moment. He had that pretty good season a year or two ago, yeah. and potentially, you know, just they're using him in a more friendly role to his abilities this year, and yeah. actually could be a bit of a, a sleeper still. He might be available in a few leagues. Uh, Hoare and Lockhart, uh, big raps from last week. A lot of talk about them with Hibbert out. We thought they would uh, benefit from his absence, or well, at least one of them would, but uh, <laughs> they didn't. Uh, no evidence uh, to suggest that uh, Hibbard's absence will positively affect them at the moment. Mm. So keep monitoring that one. But it doesn't look likely, but it could have just been a, one of those games over, you know, it's tough to play over in uh, at Perth and yep. could have just been one of those games where everyone struggled. So I have to wait and see. Yep. Uh, Josh Kennedy finally showed something. He had 80 points, uh, kicked four goals to get there. But uh, it's good to see him, yeah, just actually do something. So keep your eye on him because he can uh, pop up here and there with big scores. I'm not sure if he's a bit past it being older. And yeah, I still think he's building into the year. Like he didn't have a preseason whatsoever. Yeah. And he's always been one of those guys who might get you a 40 or 50, but then he can come out and kick eight goals and score you 130. So you just got to know what you're in for and potentially, uh, you know, play him depending on who West Coast are playing that week when he might be able to kick that bag. Now, Brad Shepard, uh, Shepherd, sorry, we uh, talked about him earlier. We, we weren't really, um, I guess, convinced that his scoring was sustainable. A high prospect, so, yeah. yeah. He had uh, 68 this week and his numbers are on the decline. So, I think we might be seeing a bit of uh, back to reality for Brad Shepard. So, um, I kind of want to know if anyone out there uh, did manage to sell him high. So, mm. maybe tweet us and let, just let us know what you got for him because I'm yeah. sure there would have been a few steals out there. And, you know, this is not to say that his season's over from a fantasy perspective. I think we're just going to be, he's going to be a little bit more inconsistent for the season going on so he might not be that you know 90 average defender that we thought he would be earlier in the season yep uh Carlton uh, sorry Collingwood and St Kilda at the MCG on the weekend uh after listening to the pod last week I think I'm going to sound a bit of like a broken record with some of the guys I'm talking about from Collingwood but uh Brody Majek was pretty handy again 91 with four snags um, yeah, I know you guys talked about him last week, but a 72 average this is really solid backup for um, anyone that's kind of holding him. I uh, think there's been a few stinkers in there as well, so potentially could be higher. Yeah, he's just he's just playing really well, and obviously in four goals always means that you know you're going to get a bit of a higher score than, yeah. than normal. But you know he's probably their you know main forward now uh, with Cox not really playing, and you know the, the mosquito fleet down there. So one to definitely consider, and obviously Jaden Stevenson, uh, the next Nat Fife, as I was told <laughs> numerous. times times last week every week <laughs> uh, 91 from him uh, no doubt he's going to be a jet he, he actually could be a very very exciting end to the season for Stevenson if he keeps he keeps building each week so yeah. um, potentially a few hundreds aren't Might far be off a him. real breakout coming up yeah um, the Saints were very very boring from a, a fantasy perspective 
there wasn't much to talk about at all. Um, good to see that Lukey Dunstan checked in with uh, another 100. He's uh, back-to-back tons now. Good to see the kid uh, play because he can really find the ball and has always been a, a bit of a sleeper, but just in terms of his own form or not getting picked, he just hasn't been able to, to get a game and um, play. But he's a very good fantasy prospect, so uh, keep an eye out for him if you're, if you're sloating around a waiver. And Shane Savage, probably too good for the pod too, but... Just uh, one of those guys who probably went under the radar early and would have dropped down a bit lower just because he doesn't have that real fantasy pick name, but he's at 103 on the weekend, 99 in the last five games, and uh, he's just one that is, yeah, just slotting in nicely down there, probably with a bit of personnel down, back, gone with Robertson, etc. So um, if you have him, I think he's going to be good for a couple of years. All right, Brisbane Lions versus uh, Adelaide Crows on Saturday afternoon. So I watched this one uh, pretty closely. I was hoping the uh, Crows wouldn't prevail, and they didn't, but it was a great finish to the game. Uh, Tom Lynch at uh, 93 this week, and he's averaging 90 for the uh, season. So mm. too good for the pot, I reckon. Uh, yep. He's back, uh, back into that territory. So it's good to see him hit uh, hit form again because he was disappointing for a year or so with uh, quite a few owners. So He's a really good player to watch actual in real football too like yeah. good link player good disposal runs hard except when he's leading out from uh, full forward and drops a mark in front of goal that probably should see with the game so yeah I don't know how Crows fans are feeling about him this week but uh, yeah we'll move on uh, Riley O'Brien so he had 87 points and he's still scoring really consistently now we tipped this in the uh, breakout tracker for our um, Patreon uh, subscribers so we did mm-hmm. a podcast where we analysed basically every player in the comp uh, and saw uh, every player that had played under 100 games and we had a look at where they were scoring in uh, compared to the top, I guess, 50 players in the comp at the same point in their careers. Now, Riley O'Brien had only played two games at this point, but his first two games were head and shoulders above any other Ruckman that had played two games. So... We were a bit sceptical on, you know, what this data could tell us because two games yeah. are a bit of a shallow pull, but it's someone we kind of flagged, say, hey, keep an eye on this yeah. uh, because that's it's a pretty big, big anomaly to be scoring that well after your first two games. So anyway, um, he's kind of continued that now with his uh, with his uh, scoring. So over the games he's played, he's well ahead of the top Rutman in the comp. So I don't think he'll go on to be Brody Grundy status or anything like that, but mm. definitely a super consistent scorer. Um, and he should play for a few more years, I think, as well. So this is just the kind of tips you're getting for those Patreons subscribers the only thing that could halt his progress is Brody Grundy's arrival in town I don't think that's going to happen somehow I think the Collingwood deal they're offering him is pretty massive so it'd be crazy to live Collingwood wouldn't you no and he loves it there I think as well so but uh, you know you know Crows should rightly go after him but uh, yeah I don't know how they'll go Jordan Gallucci, my boy, what did you think of his game, Hef? Yeah, he only scored 54 points, but the uh, interesting thing I saw was there was more time in that midfield. Mm-hmm. So he was actually seeing uh, a few centre bounce attendances I noticed from the game. So, yeah, didn't score really well, but this, I reckon it's really good signs going forward, just kind of boosting those uh, midfield numbers. Um, Crouch was out on the weekend, though, as well, so I'm not sure if he was moving more through there because he was out and they needed another body. But I reckon it's a positive sign if he can get more minutes in there, maybe a sign for the future. Yeah, I think Crouch might be out for one more week too, yeah, okay. is the news, so hopefully holds his spot and they're bringing Miller and probably Seedsman back in though so yeah um yeah he might actually be pushed back out but anyway keep your eye on him because I think you know even even not it's probably a sign that Crows probably have plans for him in the midfield in the future Mm -hmm. so yeah this is a keeper league so we might have to hold on and wait to see the fruits of that one but uh yeah just keep your eye on it uh Daniel McStay had 88 points and uh three goals so he's had some really handy super coach numbers um over the past three weeks I don't really play super coach never have but uh, I just noticed that there so I'm not sure if he's on the super coach Coach, uh, players radar but uh, there you go decent score on the weekend um, Charlie Cameron 
Now, he had 90 points, 23 disposals, kicked three goals, five. Should have kicked straight. But yeah. he absolutely starred. He was the difference between the two teams, I think. Now, he's a small forward. We know my rules. But I'm really starting to like the look of him. Um, he can be used in heaps of roles. So, he's been playing predominantly as that small forward. But we see him at the Crows. He come off half back, played on a wing. So, I guess... With him doing so well with the peel in hand at the moment, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Brisbane actually tried to get the ball in his uh, hands a little bit more. So he just needs to get those stinkers where he scores his 30s, his 40s out of his game, and he could be a real consistent fantasy scorer, I think. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely got the goods, and it's just he's just one of those hard ones to peg. Like if you look at his last five games, he's gone 58, 98, 73, 38, 90. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a bit of a risk free reward kind of thing playing him, and, you know, he might win your game, but he might lose your game in that kind of last spot in your forward line. Yeah. I reckon over time though he will improve those uh, Mitch Hinge so a lot of people are asking about him on Twitter basically what was his fantasy score but fantasy pedigree I guess but he doesn't really have any um, and he scored 41 points on the weekend so I wouldn't be getting too excited about this guy just yet bring Cutler back in <laughs> same goes uh, for Noah Answorth so he scored 21 points and again more questions about him but he's more of a lockdown role I've noticed he was playing as well so not great for fantasy scoring did see that uh, Harris Andrews came back in and scored quite well um, you know, with those two together. So yeah. that actually might be a good little thing for Harris Andrews owners, just a bit of a bump to be a bit more freer than yeah, him point. having to play that lockdown role if, if they keep Answorth in there. So sure. uh, that might be handy for anyone who owns him. All right, Kays, you had a look at the Geelong versus Western Bulldogs game. Tell us something about that one. I did. Now, talking about yo-yo type players, so Gary Rowan's one of those. He had 90 on the weekend. Don't be fooled. He's a very, very costly yo-yo. A couple goals in a, a good game doesn't make him a starter for you each week. I'd avoid at all costs. The big one that's interesting for me going forward is um, what happened with Geelong's Ruck. We've talked about them quite a lot in the preseason, especially. Yeah. So Darcy Fort came in for his first game of the year and uh, played really well, had 77 points and nine touches, 17 hitouts and three goals, which is a bloody great debut. And Ryan Abbott came in late for Reese Stanley, who just had uh, was a bit of bit injured. Uh, he ended up having 11 touches, 23 hitouts and a goal. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens this week and who plays as the, the second ruckman there. Yeah, I think one of them plays. And I oh know there's talk that Abbott will stay in and uh, – sorry, Fort will stay in and Abbott will go out. But I don't know. Abbott's probably got the better, I guess, slots up better um, up forward, I guess. So, and Stanley can go there too. So, it yeah. seems to me like that would be a good rotation for Geelong to have those two there. But they reckon Fort is uh, probably ahead of him at the moment in terms of his performance in, in the ruck. So, Well, he had, had a lot of good games in the, in the twos and was obviously picked yeah. before Abbott there. But, yes, it'll be interesting to see the, 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 um, the team selections on Thursday. Uh, Zach Tui. Heck, uh, what a slow start he's had to this year. 55 on the weekend, 19 touches, only had three marks and no tackles. They are the stats we hate to see as uh, owners. The big question is, is um, it just a slow start or has this injury kind of seen him go past the game? Um, it's hard when you when you're injured in the preseason to, to catch up as an older player, yeah, and that might have really hampered him. So it's going to be a tough hold because he's ninety five percent owned. So you've got a bit of a decision to make as a tour owner. Uh, I'm saying that from experience, but I think you've got to stick with him. He's three games in now. Yeah, I think potentially after the buy, you might see him slot back into some good, you know, eighty ish uh, numbers, which is fine for a, for a defender. Well, if you're looking at it, if you go back and look at his Carlton numbers, they were nothing flash. They were around this anyway. He had a couple like a season and a half of good footy, a good fantasy scoring at Geelong and then he kind of fell back in that heap again um, I'm not really and then you know now he's three years older since he's mm. come to Geelong so I don't know whether he's still got it in him and, and another thing we've kind of noticed as well is Mitch Duncan's playing a bit of time across halfback yeah. as well 
well. Yeah. So that might be stealing a few numbers off him, I think, there. I'd still just want to wait another two weeks. Oh, I think yeah, we'd yeah. reassess after the bye before we completely yeah. write him off. Give um, him some time to get fit. Yeah. Looking at the dogs, Jackson Trengrove, 100 from him. He's the main man in the ruck there with Timmy English out with 24 hitouts, uh, 18 touches and six tackles. We talked about it, um, I think you talked about it last week. He plays that role really well as the yeah. as just a genuine ruckman. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Tim English comes back. He He's still a bit um, banged up, I think, from a few corkies, etc. So, yeah. uh, he might have one more week off, which means uh, Trengove owners hold firm because he's going to probably knock out another big score. Yeah. What happens when uh, English comes back in? I think English goes back into that ruck and, and Trengove slots back in the back line and his numbers probably drop off. So, if you've got him, make the most of him, I think, uh, this week. Um, Bailey Smith, um, he was the rising star this week and yeah. he just looked bloody good again. He uh, had 81 on the weekend and uh, 77 in average in his last five games, which is bloody great. He's just really quietly going about it too. You know, I've had yeah. lots of talk about Rosie and Walsh, but, you know, this kid really hasn't missed a beat and he's just going to be a fantastic fantasy asset going forward. Well, um, well, sorry, just as well, that 81 comes from 90 minutes on ground as well as opposed to their top-line midfielders who are all playing around that 105, 110 mark. Yeah, so, good yeah, good points per minute there as well. It'll be interesting to see. Imagine if he was at Colton or something like that, yeah. you know, what his numbers could actually be. Well, I don't know whether it is a tank issue and if he'd play more num- uh, more time at a different club. I think uh, last year probably affected his fitness a little bit and then I think he had an interrupted pre-season too. So, I'm not sure if he is that kind of player, but we also see see you know some senior players still not playing big time on ground numbers you know four five six mm. years just because they don't have that tank they're more impactful so i guess we're just gonna have to see how he goes hopefully you can actually build that tank and spend some more time on ground and just finally josh dunkley had 77 eat a dick tom <laughs> essendon versus Fremantle. um look the dons have been very very underwhelming fantasy wise uh, adam cited one of those games where he teases you with a 91 and then comes back to earth next week I with a 45 this, i hate this guy so much <laughs> he's, he looks he's, so good oh but he's just so good to watch you <laughs> just gotta it. let him go same with tip and woody they just are so flashy and they, yeah. they actually win games for essendon but you know you just can't back them in each week to score uh kyle langford touched on earlier he had 76 with 24 touches i did tip him for a massive year this year but he just hasn't had a good run on it and i think with uh, smith out he'll have a good uh, run for the rest of the season so if you did take him early or i uh, do have him i think uh, he's just going to keep getting better and better this year and my boy racing mason redmond 79 from him on the weekend he's playing very very well and i think he's just going to keep growing into that that halfback role and uh, the Dons like him a lot. Yeah, I hope so. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Mm. Uh, another poor fantasy showing from Frio. Uh, just a bad fantasy game all round. But uh, our boy, Taylor Jaman, we yeah. uh, talked about him in the preseason, had a 99, 21 touches and six tackles. And really, he delivered the game he needed to to, uh, you know, have, give us a bit of credibility, Hef. But um, yeah. he turned up late last year, so he's definitely got some some scoring potential. Well, yeah, last year he'd started quite similar. Like, he had his first three games or so showed nothing fantasy-wise. Yep. And I think from his last 10, he played, he averaged around the 80 mark. So, yeah. yeah. So, surely Ross, the boss, is keeping him in uh, this week. But the thing I love about it, he's only 15% owned in ultimate footy. Yep. So, uh, he's a great low-risk waiver selection for me. And I think if you... If you're, you know, a bit short on defenders, he'd be one I'd be jumping at with, um, you know, with someone who you can afford to get rid of. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Connor Blakely, 71 in his return game. Uh, a big no panic from me. Just give him a couple games to get back into the pace. Uh, please don't rage, tra- rage trade him. It's not worth it. And big Rory Lobb. He has just become one of the most valuable assets in um, 
fantasy football from nowhere really because Sean Darcy's out for four weeks with an ankle. Gone. So Rory Lobb will be the number one ruckman. You'd at least think for the next four to six weeks, uh, 80 on the weekend, and he's just um, yeah a real nice late pickup for a few people. I, I just thought. don't understand because GWS last year wanted to use him as the number one ruck, and he was just woeful. And then this year he goes, doesn't want to play number one ruck at Frio, and is just scoring really well fantasy-wise. He just must really love the surrounds of, you know, Perth. Loves the, uh, the purple. Purple and white. <laughs> the purple really razzes him up. Yeah. yeah obviously. Uh, North and Sydney. Oh, look at the name we've got on the top of the list here. Oh, I won't read it out if you keep this up. <laughs> Jordan Dawson uh, returned to form after a couple quiet weeks. He had 114. Um, while I don't want to give you any credit for this, Hef, I do love the spread of his numbers. So he had touches, marks, tackles and goals. And that's what you want from an all-round midfielder. Someone who can, you know, uh, get five or six marks, five yeah, or six tackles in a snag. Good to see Horse not completely destroying a good potential fantasy player. If he can do that to Callum Mills, that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, Georgie Hewitt, 93. He is uh, really uh, coming into his own this year. No Joshy Kennedy probably helped his scoring on the weekend, but potentially won't be um, back this week. Um, Lukey Parker got off, so that's great for, for Parker owners. But uh, I think uh, George Hewitt is just um, yeah building quite nicely. Did talk about him earlier in the year as well, and only 60% owned. So yep. if you do need a, a pretty capable mid, uh, whether it's backup or uh, in and out, I think he's a great waiver option too this week. My boy Ryan Clark, 70, a late in, and obviously Zachy Jones gone. So surely he keeps his spots. And yes, while it wasn't the 170 points from the Nifl, uh, 70 from a Batman's. Not too bad, even though he didn't make my team because I didn't know he was playing. Jack Zebel, hell, this guy's given us a roller coaster yeah. this year. Uh, 155 from him, 35 touches and eight tackles. I just would hate to own him because you, you'd be so frustrating. But um, he's had three tons in his last five, and that's all come down to him getting some midfield, midfield time, which is just um, perplexing. It hasn't happened earlier. It just sucks for those owners that have held him for the last two, three years. Like, what could have he been scoring when he yeah. was like really in the prime of his career? Well, like last year when he played his full forward yeah. most of the year and was scoring 60 or 70. Ago. Ridiculous. Um, but anyway, he's playing in the guts. Just get on board because, um, yeah. That's just uh, fantasy gold right there. And Jai Simkin knocked up his first ton. Uh, he put He's put together three good games now after getting dropped earlier on. 24 touches and five tackles for him. He's been talked about quite a lot uh, in the cer- in football circles as being a very, very high quality player. And um, I think that, that dropping uh, four weeks back just kind of shook him up. And now he's looking very, very good. And um, while I'm still not 100% jump on board him, I think this is the stuff we want to see. And a couple more weeks before the buy of good form from him can really pencil him in as being one to watch uh, for the latter half of this year. And just lastly, Jed Anderson and Jamie McMillan, they both turned up, but I'm now calling them officially too good for the pod. Yeah, pick McMillan up off the uh, waivers in my redraft league and mm. very, very happy. He's now sitting in my, uh, probably my third best defender. Yeah, nice. And, yeah. and Jed Anderson, surprisingly, only 78% owned. So there's yeah. still a bit of um, time to get on board him too because he's um, definitely um, all of a sudden gone to one of their best players. All right, on to the uh, Port Adelaide versus Gold Coast Suns game in the uh, the torrential rain on Sunday. Did oh. I hear today that that was the lowest ever crowd at Adelaide Oval? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but, uh, you know, we'll put that in Adelaide, but we won't mention our Hawthorne versus GWS getting 17,000 on a Saturday afternoon the other week. But, uh, you know, question about Australia. That. Everyone's been whinging that Saturday, no, Sunday afternoon at 12.40 is a horrible time slot. Isn't that a good time slot? Well, if you're not hungover, it's fine. 
Uh, it's too early. You need the two o'clock just for that extra two hours sleep. Yeah, I like it because I, I can get home. I watch the go to the game. I guess yeah. I went on Sunday, and then I get home and I can watch the uh, Twilight game. I'd rather that than the four ten game. Yeah, or the probably the two thirty if you feel like if you like me who just loves watching as much footy as they can. I can yeah. actually get home and uh, watch the late game. So um, anyway, yeah, for me, I'm, the rain was I'm horrible. Like, I will forgive all port supporters for not going to that. Yeah, and Gold Coast don't really bring too many fans either. No. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Sam Gray, so one hundred thirteen points, twenty three disposals, and a goal. But he wasn't in the midfield a lot this week, so he was still playing up forward a bit. Now he's actually that midfield time has dropped off in the last few weeks, which is surprising with Ollie Wines out. But mm. uh, yeah, um, so he's just one to actually look at because he can score um, when he's not playing that midfield time as well. I guess he always pops up with a goal and a few tackles here and there. And I think a wet, the wet weather kind of uh, helped a few of these players that aren't uh, as slick with the uh, the skills, but uh, guys that can just chase and tackle and stuff like that. The pressure guys, mm. uh, Darcy Byrne Jones, another one had 97 and the weather suited him really well. He averages 81, which is quite good for Darcy Byrne Jones. I didn't realize mm. he was that high, but he yo-yos a lot to get it. Goes around yep. that 100 mark, then drops down to a 60 the next week and that sort of stuff. So he's, uh, you know, you got to be careful with him, but uh, yeah, he's actually playing really well this season. Uh, Connor Rosie, uh, 18 touches and uh, two goals. His score was uh, buoyed by the uh, eight tackles though. So I think he was in the 90s. I don't actually have it written here. <laughs> still uncertain though, uh, like even if he is scoring well, I'm still uncertain as to where his role is mm-hmm. uh, and where he plays. So um, it's a uh, it's a lazy comparison for me, but I think he'll actually end up like Chad Wingard. So that 90 average, like mid 90 average forward. Is he that? permanent forward for the rest of his life or That's is he actually I, going to be a midfielder I think he's going to pinch it in the midfield eventually he's just mm. too good not yep. to yep yeah uh, Carl Amon, uh, 83 from 20 touches. He gets a, a fair bit of it, but I don't know. I don't know what it is because he was actually – I looked at the uh, champion data ratings and he was our best user on the weekend as well in the wets, which was really surprising because the guy loves putting it out in the fall uh, when he has a clear target to kick to. So, yeah. Maybe he was aiming – the. We pushed it back in. Yeah, maybe something like that was going on. So, yeah, um, I don't know where he sits. He seems to be in our side for now, and he does get a lot of the ball. Like, got a lot of the ball. He does get around that twenty touches each week, so he probably can go close to these eighty numbers. Is that enough for a midfielder? I probably don't think so. As backup, it's probably all right. Depends how yeah. deep your league is, obviously. Uh, a few questions about Joel Garner. So he debuted with uh, sixty points. Uh, there's a few questions around him. I guess like asking what he was like from, from the fantasy perspective. Mm. He looked actually looked better in the AFL than he did in the Sandful. Uh, I think he's averaging around the 60s in the uh, sample. So his job security, while I do think he'll stay in because he was actually quite good, he uh, did a few good team things on the yeah. weekend and used the ball quite well at defence. I just don't know how he's going to go from a fantasy perspective and then that job security as well when the Harlot coming back and a few yeah. other defenders that are going to be back in the side the next few weeks. Will Port have 15 halfback flankers. So. That's all we draft, yeah. Yep. Uh, Darcy McPherson, so 100 points, 12 tackles. My boy. He was absolutely everywhere in the first half. I didn't actually really notice, like know who he was and I looked in the uh, the it's record. very Tom of you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, I, I sorry. I knew the I knew the name. I just didn't know what number he wore yeah. and what he looked like. But unlike Tom, I actually looked in the uh, in the in the uh, <laughs> on my phone to see what number he was, and I noticed it was Darcy McPherson. So I kept a close eye on him for the game. He was absolutely everywhere. So um, yeah, back to back hundreds from him as well. Eighty eight from the last five. Uh, pretty good get if you've got him. I think. Jack Bowes case. Yep. Eighty this week. Yeah, he started like a house on fire. I think he was like. 30 at quarter time and then just... Uh, First Jack, kick of the game, actually. Jack posed himself, yeah. Yeah, good for a defender, that 80, but shit for a midfielder, which he'll be next year. Yeah, so. man, a bit of trouble there. <laughs> ben Ainsworth, only 73 points, but uh, I think there's real fantasy potential here. Just got to keep uh, persisting with him. High draft pick. Uh, he's finally getting a you know consistent run. and He's not scoring awfully either. So, uh, yeah, keep your eye on Ben Ainsworth. 
Radio Richmond versus Hawthorne. Um, the Tigers, Nicky Vlaston had a, another great game. 101 from him, which included nine tackles. Amazingly, he's averaging 98.5 in his last four games. That's he's, huge. Um, yeah, he's really come on as a defender this year and um, all of a sudden become fantasy relevant from nowhere. Is so that benefiting from not having Alex Rance or what's the go? He's, he's taking a lot of marks, yeah. which obviously we, we know helps defenders. And But he's actually just getting a lot, of, lot more ball too. Nine, yeah. nine tackles obviously helps as well. But I think it's just this more the role. It's just a, a yeah. more fantasy-friendly role he's playing there. Yep. Uh, Avan Soldo, so he's out this week, uh, but he did have a pretty good debut, uh, 75 from him with 35 hitouts. He was really only rucking against Segler and uh, Tim O'Brien there because Big Boy went down pretty early on, but you'd say if you are a, a Nank Soldo handcuffer, you'd be happy with him um, yeah. in two weeks' time when he comes back. No dramas there. Noah Bolter potentially sees a big bump this week because they've got zero people to ruck for them apart from uh, a second-year player. Uh, he had 79 on the weekend, 14 touches and six hitouts, so you'd think that's going to have to bump up a bit this week. And he's been building the last two weeks without Nank, so um, he's yeah. been he's been looking good. Someone I started with in uh, Fantasy Classic for some stupid reason. Well, it doesn't look that stupid now, but mm. uh, yeah, haven't managed to be able to find the actual like you know trade to actually get rid of him because uh, you know too many other injuries going on. And yeah. I'm glad I've kept him now because he's scoring quite well. Yeah, and on the Ruckman theme, Jono Segler, uh, he had 101 backing up a 76 the week <laughs> prior. Only had the 15 hitouts, but did have 26 touches, which uh, I do love as a Ruckman, one that get around the ground, the, the Tim English kind of mould. Um, he's obviously going to be a huge option going forward because uh, big boy's out. I'm not sure what his um, ownership is, but he's actually one I'd be getting on board early if you can. He's a Ruck forward option as well in Ultimate, which is uh, yeah, quite juicy. handy. So uh, if he's around and you are a bit short, which a few people will be this week, get on him straight away. Jarman Impey, uh, I talked about him last week, I think. He continues his good form with 93 to be honest he's pretty been pretty solid and, and yeah. almost what we thought with that 72 average and what's great he's a back and forward this year so um he's just one to, uh, probably a good uh, list filler to have if you got him i'm not sure if he's got too much more potential than that but um he can score on his day i don't think we're going to see like too much more from him because we've kind of seen him peak i think now yeah but uh you know if he continues this uh scoring he's going to be fine to have on your team for sure and jimmy cousins and blake hardwick two have been on our watch for most of the season uh, 81 and 86 respectively and just uh, end up being two guys that's uh, really good for your teams. All right, on to GWS versus Carlton. So I watched the uh, the first three quarters of this train wreck and, uh, yeah, ended up turning off after that. But, uh, yeah, Nick Newman, uh, he returned this week for uh, 114 points. Only played a ton up. Next best was 90, and I think the best after that was about 70. So That happens when you tag Crips. Yeah, I am. Yeah, what happened there? Uh, what did he score, like 40-odd? Something ridiculous. Um, anyway, uh, so I'm not really going to talk about too many Carlton players, but let's have a look at some of the GWS giants that actually absolutely carved up. So Harry Perriman, uh, he got injured in round one and mm. returned this week uh, and scored 104. So we talked about him in the preseason, about the potential he had to be a good fantasy scorer. There yeah. some good and equal numbers there. He's only 40% owned in leagues at the moment. Well, that was on Monday. It might have uh, uh, increased by now. But uh, yeah, he's definitely one to look at um, if you can get him. Because sure. you know, when you think about it, they could be bringing in someone like Haitley or um, a player like that. I know he's listed as a defender, but uh, you know, um, to see kind of that kind of scoring, uh, you know, he's probably one who's going to play a few more games for GWS. And I don't think Coniglio's back this week either. So okay. um, that potentially helps him as well. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson, uh, 92 points. He's kicked five goals, and I think he's in the top five for the Coleman now. Wow. Um, absolutely ridiculous. But he's a super classy player. Like Everything he touches just seems to turn to gold. Um, 
got back-to-back 90s now, and uh, if Cameron's not kicking goals, he usually fires. So he needs to work on his consistency, but I'm a big fan of him. Oh, yeah. He's got plenty of class. Uh, Brett Delidio made his return for 93 points. Uh, he had uh, 19 disposals and uh, three goals. Great pickup for those gunning for a flag, I think. Uh, mentioned this on the Patreon Wave mm-hmm. Wire podcast during the week uh, on Monday. But uh, we sh- you should be able to get him pretty cheap in a trade too if you're uh, – mm-hmm. say if you're going for a flag and, you know, someone uh, who's kind of wallowing down the bottom has got Delidio, you might be able to get him away, uh, you know, just a younger player with a bit of potential that might cost you in the long run. But for this year when you need the flag or you're going gunning for the flag, you might be able to get him pretty cheap. And he's only uh, owning 66% uh, in Ultimate Footy as well. So, yeah, um, he's good. Class, uh, yeah, could you actually get him there? Um, Nick Haynes, the last player in the round room we're going to talk about. So, he had 81 points this weekend. He's got a great set of hands and takes a lot of grabs. Uh, he's had 82 from his last five. Uh, two big tons in there as well. So, he goes up and down, but I think he's worth starting on your side uh, mm. if you've got him because uh, he can pop up with these kind of 80-type scores uh, quite frequently. Always handy for a, for a defender. For sure. All right, that wraps up the round rewind and we'll move on to From the Twos. Okay, looking at uh, the From the Two segment, the uh, the part where we go through all the uh, state league scores. So we're going to give you the top five this week from all of the state leagues um, around Australia. So the first one, we'll start off with the great state, as per usual, the Sandful. Uh, what happened there, Case? Jack Trengove bounced back from his horrible 102 last week to have 152 this week. He's averaging 147. That's a pretty good going. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he'd recover from that 102, <laughs> but uh, no, good. He bounced back with 150. That's nice. Big Josh J. Jenkins hit the scoreboard. I think he kicked six. He had 146 there and probably played his way back into the Crow side this week. Put Port Adelaide to the sword as well. So, Mm. he was probably the difference in that game. So, Uh, Pete Laddams, the Port Ruckman, 122 there. He's gone at a nice 112 clip this year. Scott Lysett with a bit of injury trouble during the week as well. So, he's done it. wouldn't think he'd come in. Well, I don't know. Ken Hinckley seems to be wanting to reward certain types of form unless you're Aiden Johnson where you just get picked for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, look, it looks like he might actually come in this week. They're thinking they still keep Paddy right up forward, keep the uh, the Willar Fram in the mm. side. And, uh, yeah, Pete Laddams could make his debut this week, they reckon. But Jack Trengove, who gets 400 touches a week, doesn't get in? No, apparently not. Jeez, he must have done something. Yeah. Uh, Riley Bonner bounced back from being dropped 109 and so did William Drew 107. Just shows that he's got some scoring potential there. VFL have what you got for me? Uh, yeah, Darcy Lang, as mentioned earlier for, uh, yeah, he, who's played for Carlton? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't play for Geelong anymore. Nope. <laughs> 129 uh, on the weekend, so good showing there. Only averaging 72 for the season, though. So I don't know whether that one game puts him into contention to play this week, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, David Myers, 123 after being dropped from Hopefully Essendon. he stays there. Okay, well, yeah. He's just going to score half that if he comes back into yeah, the tight anyway. Uh, Zach Smith, 120. Don't see him getting – I guess that's with having no competition for spots in the yep. – uh, Geelong side with all the other rucks playing AFL. True. Uh, David Mirror, 111. Probably a chance to come back into Hawthorne mm. side uh, sometime soon. And uh, Patrick Kerr had 110 as well. The Neefall. 
some pretty low scores for the NEFL. All the yeah. good players must be out. Uh, Nick well, no, sorry, there's only one game. There was only GWS players this week. So. Uh, Nick yeah. Shipley, 123. Jai Caldwell, not bad for the young pup, 112. Matt yeah. Flynn, 102. Zach Sproul, 101. And Isaac Cumming, who got uh, chopped, is 101 from him. Yeah, those Jai, Cole, uh, Jai Caldwell numbers uh, excite me, mainly mm. because I'm an owner. But, uh, 91 yeah. average. It's good. Yeah, well, everyone in the uh, – sorry, not everyone, but uh, in the – Pre-season, sorry. There was an article uh, released by the GWS Giants on their website saying he was probably likely to slot straight into that uh, GWS midfield. Now, he did a groin, I think it was, just before the season start. that mm. put him out. And, you know, we've seen the kind of treatment of Jackson Haley if uh, a player does, you know, a, I guess a young player does come in. But he does play more of an inside role. Um, could be a good replacement for that uh, Callan Ward, I guess, him missing this season. So, mm-hmm. there's a few other uh, Gold Coast, not Gold Coast, GWS midfield, midfielders that are having a uh, pretty decent uh, run in the AFL at the moment though. So, yeah. wouldn't hold my breath if he does come in. But uh, I reckon one to look at going forward. Uh, the Waffle, Minch Crowder in 100. He's going at 103 this year. He seems to be the only guy who can turn up in the Waffle. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Uh, Braden Ainsworth, 96. Steph Giro, 87. Matt Allen, 86. And Brendan Archie, 84. Do we think any of those guys are close to playing an AFL game? Um, well, you think Crowder would have to be if something happens to the uh, midfielder in, in uh, Frio. Yeah. Giro, he's been pretty good for a couple of years, you know, waffling in and out of the, the Frio side there. He'd be the other one. Uh, it's just tough to see anyone cracking into the uh, West Coast team. Like, you know, can't see Ainsworth or Archie coming in unless yeah, no. unless there's a big injury. Their uh, reserves actually look – the depth doesn't actually look that good for a premiership side. It's a bit crazy. But anyway, mm. um, we'll move straight into the captain's call. So, just a few left field uh, captain options. Like, we, you know, the obvious ones are, are there each week in uh, in keeper leagues but uh, these guys might be your kind of second tier players that you don't automatically go to put the C on but these are guys that have some good history against certain teams or at certain venues that we're going to talk about this week so Mitch Duncan uh, for me so versus uh, Gold Coast he averages uh, 110 and he also averages uh, 110 at Metricon as well so I'm not sure if that's a one game up there that's probably it but uh, he's just form as well um, in the last few weeks and again sneaky chance at uh, defender status apparently but wow. uh, I don't that think that would be a game Changer. Well, ultimate footy goes on the premises where you kind of expect to see them play and how you talk about them. So if you if you were talking about the player in the media, you wouldn't say Geelong defender Mitch Duncan, no, would you? You'd say no. midfielder. So there's no chance that they'll actually change it. But AFL fantasy, there's a chance there, I think. Uh, Joel Selwood as well, 110 uh, versus uh, Gold Coast average there and 108 at uh, Metricon Stadium. So another good option. Also, uh, Gary Ablett, always, uh, he's only played his old team twice, but he's uh, averaging 109 against them. So I think he got a 98 and, a, and then a large score in uh, round 23 last season. So another good captain option if you want to – if you got really struggling and yeah. And most midfielder have been beating up on Gold Coast yep. um, this year. So that Geelong trio is a good one to uh, captain up if you've got them. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Jack Billings, uh, 103, he averages against Carlton. So probably not a hard team to do that against. But um, again, if you need someone, he had 104 last week as well. So uh, a pretty handy score there. Now, Dusty Martin Kays, can we start trusting him again? Nope. Okay, well, versus uh, Essendon, he averages 102, and he also averages 94 at the MCG. Uh, a big score last week. Hopefully, that's more of a role change, um, you know, not plus spending as much time up forward and actually wanting to win the footy again. I think uh, that's the looks, main bit. Yeah, so hopefully uh, that uh, can continue. Uh, Luke Shuey, another one for West Coast. Uh, against Adelaide, he averages 101, and at home, he uh, averages 108. So, it could be a decent captain option. And last one, uh, really left field, I guess, but uh, Brandon Ellis is in some... 
a superb form. Mm-hmm. But not just to go with the form, I guess. Against Essendon, he averages 101. Um, so, yeah, if you're really, really struggling, uh, he could be a very decent option to chuck the captaincy on. All right, that's the, uh, the segment wrapped up, and we'll move on to the listener tweets. All right, on to the favourite segment, the uh, listener tweets. Uh, first one of the week, straight into it from at DanK101. Thoughts on me trading Jack Martin for Angus Brayshaw? And should I trade Hogan out or persevere with him? Kays, what do you think? It is a bit of a conundrum for you, Dan, um, but it's not a bad one probably to be in. Uh, Brayshaw's probably a real buy low prospect after a couple of lean weeks. And it's just a bit funny because he's... he's um. He's only 23, so he's not like he's gone by any stretch of the imagination. Everyone does go through in peaks and troughs. And, you know, Jack Martin has played some seriously good footy this year. But uh, you think in the long run that Brayshaw is probably the one who's going to be busting out bigger scores week to week. So, uh, I would go for it. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm not uh, 100% sure on this one just because, well, Brayshaw seems to be playing like really outside at the moment. So, push right out to the wing and he doesn't seem to be going near any of the uh, the contests as well. Now, Jack Martin averaging 87.8. I don't know if he can is capable of scoring more than that. Yeah. Whereas I know Brayshaw is capable yeah. of scoring a lot more than that. Um, so, averaging a lot more than that. So, I think it's a tough one. Um I don't know. I don't think Angus Brayshaw's kind of role is going to last that long because I don't think – I think the main, uh, I guess, issue with him is Nat Jones has gone back into that mid inside midfield role and he's not going to last for too much longer, I don't no. think. So, he's on his last legs, Jones, there. Um, so, I reckon probably persevere with Brayshaw for now, but you got, I'm just hoping you're not actually contending this season because it's really going to hurt you. Yeah, Brayshaw's the one I'd be wanting there. And I think um, off, off to that news with uh, Tabadar missing for the next six weeks – I would be holding on to Hogan. Yeah, uh, see I what think he can do. He's gonna he's gonna go very well for the next uh, four to six weeks, and especially just look him look at him and up until the buy and uh, reassess from there. Uh, at Henry Katz asks, uh, I have Jared Lyons stinking up on my bench. Uh, other mid cover is Liam Shields. We keep ten, and they have five defenders, five mids, one ruck, four forwards, and then five on the bench. Uh, I traded him in the off-season, uh, so I traded for him over the off-season, but I think it's time to cut him loose since I won't keep him. I can pick up Nick Nat uh, or a keeper prospect from the waiver wire. Is it time? And just this is super coach scoring as well, Case. Mm. So. Yeah, he um, actually sent through a screenshot of his side and his midfield is Trelaw, Harms, Ross, Phillips and Gaff, which is pretty strong. So yeah. um, with Jared Witts in the ruck there, Tommy Stewart, uh, Luke Ryan, Daisy Thomas, Jeremy Howe in the back line, Warple, Fisher, Westhoff and Parrish there in the uh, forward line. So just looking at that team, I think if you're not going to keep uh, Lions or uh, Shields, I'd be tra- oh, getting rid of one of them. Um, for me, your forward line looks a bit weaker than your, your back or mid, especially in a keeper <laughs> keeper looking you know looking ahead for next year's keepers. So if you were going to drop um, one. I don't. I don't know enough about Supercoach scoring to be honest. Whether Lions or Shields is the better option for the rest of the season, but it would be. I'd be happy to lose one of them because you know the other's fine. Shields is probably a bit more um, safe with his his position in the Hawks midfield, whereas yeah. Lions can actually. I think he can keep improving this year, but whether you know he he he's more likely to get dropped or miss than than Shields is. So uh, I think you'd be getting rid of Lions if you wanted to experiment and try and get someone in the forward line there. 
Yeah, um, I'm probably in the same boat. Yeah, Lyon's probably the one to go. But I don't know what Supercoach scoring is like if you're going to get someone who averages more than 77 uh, off your waivers. But, uh, yeah, you might as well take the punt if you're only keeping 10. Um, at AFL Fantasy Questions, thoughts on Jai Simpkin from the Ruse? Hashtag RFA worthy. I know very little about this guy, Kay, so I might palm this one off to you. Lucky I am a bit of a Jai Simpkin follower. Um, we did touch on him earlier, and he definitely did play the game that he needed to on the weekend. Uh, he's come back very well after being dropped. He's gone uh, 85, 77, and 101. The great thing about him is his time on ground numbers have been so minuscule. He's played 66%, 71%, and 71%. So he's actually bringing out some really good numbers there. Yeah, that's impressive. He's still quite a slight build. So it's his third year, uh, third year breakout. You know, I'm all about that. He was one that I was really wanted to see what was uh going to happen with him. Um, He started off the season pretty badly, but what I do like is that guys like Tyson, Hall and Ahern aren't in the roof side at the moment. Um, Obviously, the first two are probably out because they're, you know, found out they're no good and they're probably just thrown in Simpkin in to actually do what he should have been doing, you know, for most of the year or at least the latter half of last year and just playing the guts. Yeah. So, I reckon I'd be getting on board now because I think that there's enough, you know, it's a small sample size three games, but I reckon there's enough to just go, yep, he's on the right track, especially with those really small time on ground numbers. Just with uh, Tyson Hall and uh, Ahern as well, they've all been pushing pretty hard in the VFL to earn that call up. So, the only thing I'm worried about is if he does uh, if he does drop off a little bit, he'll probably be one to go pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, just uh, definitely monitor the way all of those players are going and kind of the makeup of North Melbourne's side to see how that's going to pan out. But if you're going to throw, if you had the waivers and you want to throw a risky one, uh, no, not even a risky one, you want to have a crack, I think he'd be good because he's actually got some real keeper potential. Yeah, fair call. Uh, at Trav014, Tim Membry versus Carlton. Uh, his chance to bump his score up, uh, field him over Neil Bullen and Cameron. Also, WTF does Wilson <laughs> need to do to kick, a, uh, sorry, to get a kick in the Adelaide Cows side. Jeez, some <laughs> spelling in that one. was That was tough to get through. Well, uh, we'll just first with Patrick Wilson be honest he's he might be one of those guys that just doesn't get a game he's a jack cheng over the crows or yeah you know someone like that um his numbers have been pretty good in the, the SANFL, but he just hasn't been like look likely to get a, a look in. i think well, wilson actually baffles me a little bit more because he's only 24 i think so i don't know what he's got to do but crows always seem to go with the safe more experienced players so earlier in the year they had greenwood i guess coming back from injury but he was kicking around mm. the twos for a few weeks then cam ellis yeomans they're also kind of break glass in case of emergency type players they always seem to roll with them over giving wilson a, a run even though he did debut late last season but he is absolutely tearing up the sand for when i'd love to see him in Jack Trengrove, uh, I can understand more. I know that's not the question, but with your um, point, case is he's a bit older, probably Porter trying to play a very young side at the moment and not really part of their plans going forward. But Wilson at 24, I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but the first bit, Tim Embry versus Colton. I can't see why not. Um, he said field him over Neil Bullen. Uh, he's, he might have been missed. He got concussed on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and Charlie Cameron, your boy, Hef, you got a bit of love for him. So it's probably going to be between those two. I thought it was Jeremy for some reason. No, anyway. you'd be fielding Jeremy Cameron every yeah, day of the week, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, Tim Membry, he's one of those guys who can, he could kick five or six skin Colton and, and score your big one. You're probably looking at one of these guys to be your last forward option. So... There's going to be a risk either way. It might be Cameron who lets off the hook and scores a 90 lucky during the yeah. weekend, or he could score you 50. Same with memory, but you probably have to back in teams who are playing against Gold Coast and Colton at the moment because they ha- the team's been scoring well against them. 
Just without looking at any stats, I've just noticed that Weedering and Marchbank have been playing quite well over the last couple of weeks. So the Cameron was held uh, goalless last week. I know he had a few, I guess, shockers in front of goal though as well. Mm. But uh, And then I, I'm just from memory, I think the week before, one of those guys absolutely dominated as well. So, Marchbank's been playing quite yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So weeks, I'd be a bit yeah. wary of, uh, yeah, the big uh, the big fella up there, Tim Memberberries. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd probably roll with Cameron if that was my side. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Hot take. Um, next question at TWR412. Seb Ross and Angus Brayshaw, are we holding if we have them and buying low if we don't? Hef, you're a Seb Ross owner? Yeah, I'm holding Seb Ross. Um, I don't know. For that's for me going forward, I think he's just having a bit of a rougher year. Mm-hmm. We've seen his scoring potential. He's still relatively young. He's 26, 26 or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. So, I wouldn't be worried too much. Same with probably Brayshaw as well. Um, you know, I'm probably going to have a crack at him <laughs> in, in a trade. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would probably be holding him still. Just, yeah, his role is not suited to him. And I think we just got to be patient yep. uh, with him to come back into that inside midfield kind yeah. of role. And, yeah. Oh, well, my note is don't be hasty because everyone has a couple of bad weeks every now and then. You know, the yeah. best, you know, Jack McCray hasn't tunned up for the last, you know, three weeks. And, and that kind of thing doesn't mean get rid of him because he's no good anymore. It's just people go through patches and, yeah. you know, these guys have scoring pedigree. So, you've got to stick with them. We're in it for the long haul here. It's not a uh, not a year-to-year league. No. And uh, the last question at Dar Prad. Dusty or Zebel, who would you pick up at the moment on Fantasy? Both have around 14 buy and are looking like a steal at the current price. So, this is a bit more of a, a salary cap question, which is okay because I know that these guys are both basically the same price. So, who would you be going, Hef, if you had to pick one now? Zach, 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 Jack, Zeevil or Dusty? Zach Jeevil. Yeah. Um, I'd, this, is, this is a really tough one. Dusty, I would have said Jack Zeevil easy before last weekend, but Dusty's mm-hmm. kind of piqued my interest again. I think... Jack Zebel, I think I know his heart's still in it at the moment. Mm. <laughs> Whereas Dusty Martin, I'm not sure what goes through that guy's head at times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the rollback in the midfield, the only thing ever stopping uh, uh, Zebel was actually not playing uh, in the guts. Correct. And he's now playing there all the time. So, yeah, um, yeah I'd probably just roll with Zebel for the time being. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, well, it was actually, I was reading a, a DT Talk article today and they actually uh, talked about both players. And, and Jack Zebel uh, actually averaged 66.8 from his first five games of the year and since moving to the midfield he's averaged 108.8 so his time in the midfield has been uh, very very profitable and uh, Dusty Martin he averaged he's averaged 94.6 from his last four games so if you're going from the last kind of five games uh, Zebul's getting you an extra um, you know 15 points there so um, and Dusty's was a was a big one out score so I know Zebul's was too but if you're just going to pick between the two I think that uh, Zebul's probably going to be the, the more reliable of the two Alright that wraps up the uh, listener tweets uh, before we go Kays uh, mm. we had a, another iTunes review this another week one. so yeah we're starting to get a few building up was that here. off the back of the, the two spuds that spoke instead of me last week yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Uh, they probably no. want to, yeah, bring back, yeah, bring back <laughs> Trouty and uh, Rain Man and get rid of K's. Yeah. Uh, that's what it says here. No, no, the, this uh, this review here is from Russ two four six eight, and he writes. Uh, he gave us five stars, by the way. Um, yeah, so I am new to the draft keeper side of AFL fantasy, Welcome. and the insights from this pod have been invaluable in helping me manage my team without having to sift through all the salary cap guff. I'm not sure what that is, if that's a word or if you meant the right stuff. Uh, found in AFL fantasy orientated pods. So thank you, Russ two four six eight, for those kind words. And we're always after uh, a few iTunes reviews. Uh, we when you kind of need to plug them because it's kind of how you the 
podcast grows and builds. So if anyone's got a spare two minutes to write, uh, you know, 30 nice words about the podcast and maybe give us a five-star rating, we'd uh, really appreciate it. Even 25 nice ones and five bad ones. Yeah, like, either or. Yeah. Beggars can't be choosers. All right, we uh, better wrap up. We'll uh, plug the uh, the Patreon, so patreon.com slash pod. All your state lead stats, projections, and we have the breakout tracker uh, updated, returning soon for uh, through during the buy rounds. Uh, also, our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and check out our website www.keeperleaguepod.com.au. Jesus has been a much better pod than the triple I listened to last week. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, the fans seem to actually. I think the poll we put out on uh, Twitter over who's the better host. Uh, the other boys came up uh, with flying colours, so you yeah. need to pick up your game, mate. I thought my game was pretty good today. It was fine, mate. Good to have you back. All right, listeners, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Take it easy. See ya.